Andrea Ingbolson was a physical educator teaching the sport of pickleball to kids for many years. She talks about the difference between teaching adults and children and gives some great tips for players without a previous sports background. So let's get to the intro to hear from Andrea. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Andrea Ingbolson. Thanks for having me on. I do like to normally start the podcast to get a little bit of an idea of your background in pickleball. Tell me when you first heard about it and how long ago that was. Well, I learned about pickleball in a junior high physical education class in 1985. One of my physical education teachers, I think, had gone to a conference and was introduced to the sport, and she bought enough equipment to bring back to our little town in central Wisconsin, and she taught us how to play. I was a tennis player, so I took to it really quickly, and my best friend and I became champions of the eighth grade pickleball unit (laughs) in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. And then after that, I don't think we had it again in high school, and then I didn't really hear about it again until I was in college and was becoming a physical education teacher myself and learned how to teach it coincidentally from my mother, who was the university instructor for racket sports. So I learned how to teach it and then taught it to my classes for about 10 years while I was teaching physical education. Later, I moved to where I am now, which is Wausau, and I heard through the grapevine that people were playing recreationally, and that blew my mind because I thought it was just taught in physical education classes. And so I sought it out and uh, started playing myself, and I think that would have been right around 2014, and I've been playing ever since. That's really interesting that you were introduced to the game in Wisconsin in the mid-1980s. Did your teacher go to a conference in Washington State or somewhere like that? I don't think so, but Wisconsin has always had a really strong physical education convention. And I imagine that somewhere along the way, someone introduced, because I think since I've learned more about the, the origins of the sport, I think they packaged nets and balls and and paddles to sell to physical education programs. So my guess is that somewhere along the way, the originators of pickleball probably had those packaged up and someone in the state of Wisconsin got a hold of them and started selling them. Very interesting. And then you picked up the mantle, it sounds like teaching pickleball When you were a PE teacher, what grades were you teaching? Primarily middle and high school. I taught, um, I taught sophomores at a big high school for a year. And then my job was eliminated due to declining enrollment. And I ended up at a teeny tiny little school, uh, also kind of in central, east central Wisconsin called Iola, Scandinavia. And we didn't have any tennis courts. And so I brought pickleball with me as one of the sports that I would teach to seventh, eighth, and ninth grade students. And I did that for just about 10 years. 
it would seem that was long enough ago that the kids probably had never heard of pickleball and didn't think of it as a older person sport, which of course is really how it got popularized. How did they take to it? I think they loved it. it it's interesting when you teach in a community like that doesn't have a lot of exposure to tennis, that's kind of their first introduction into any kind of racket or paddle sport because we didn't have tennis courts in Iola or in Scandinavia. Um, they, they were introduced to pickleball really as seventh graders. And then I would introduce badminton after that, uh, but they didn't have, they really had no knowledge unless their parents were giving them, taking them outside of the community to give them tennis lessons. They had no knowledge of any other racket sports. They loved it. Anytime you can have a kid hit a ball with an implement, they think it's cool. I love that idea. I had never thought about it that way. That's actually really interesting. Now, in terms of your teaching now, are you largely teaching adults at this point? I am. So in, I was still teaching when I met my husband. This is both of our second marriage. And we, um, well, we got married in 2010, quickly started a family because we were both older And I ended up quitting my teaching job after I had our first child together in 2012. So I stayed at home, had two children eventually with with my husband. And I I was just a stay-at-home mom trying to find things to do. And that's when I stumbled upon the pickleball league that was being run at one of one of our local high schools in the evening. And I just kind of stumbled into it, eventually going to Kansas City to do a teach the teacher and learned, well, I mean, I already knew how to teach pickleball, but became certified with IPTPA and kind of created my own little pickleball academy here in central Wisconsin. And now I teach, well, I teach usually three, sometimes four days a week and strictly adults. Now, what's the biggest difference between teaching the kids and teaching the adults? Oh, there's so many differences. Kids, you kids in a physical education class, oftentimes there are a handful that don't want to be there. And so that becomes an issue. It's really enjoyable with adults because they're all motivated. They're all there, uh, wanting to learn how to play. So there's a lot more joy involved in teaching adults. On the other hand, kids are usually a little more athletically able to handle kind of some of the movements. So having to to teach adults what not to do as far as mobility issues. But I really, I do, I love teaching the adults. I love watching people kind of discover uh, a new sport later in life because it's fun. It is definitely that. You mentioned that you teach adults, as we've been talking about, and you help them understand what not to do. Can you give some of the tips for older players about what not to do? Well, one of the first things I talk about is um, not backing up and a number of reasons for not backing up. Obviously, as soon as we start to backpedal, it's we're at an increased risk of falling. And when you fall going backwards, you're going to hit your head. We talk about not backing up because you're opening up angles 
for your opponent. So it really makes sense on a couple of different levels for safety and just for the sake of strategy in the game, it doesn't make sense to back up. We talk about warming up and making sure that you're limber and not going to pull muscles. A lot of adults, I just came home from a class and there's a woman who I think she's probably in her late fifties and she has never played a competitive sport in her life, but she's taking these drill sessions with me. Um, and it's fascinating because you don't even think about the facts that there are, there's a whole generation of people who really haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to play competitive sports and now they're getting into it. So teaching them the right kind of shoes to wear to prevent injury. We talk about movements, lateral movements, as opposed to taking a step back again for safety and for strategy reasons. Right. So it sounds like in what you're teaching that it's really about once you have that opportunity to move up to the kitchen line, you really want to stay there. Yes. Obviously we see in some of the higher level play that there's movement back and forth, but I try and instruct, especially older adults who haven't had a whole lot of experience with that kind of movement on a court to not back up. I always say it's way easier to say good shot than to try and retrieve a ball and hurt yourself over it. So with the older adult crowd, I, I really do stress getting up there and staying up there. One of the things that you mentioned that I find really interesting because I'm in my late 50s and I grew up in Southern California and I was always very athletic. And I think that was around the time Title IX had been passed. So I've always been a sports person. But that is one of the things I really do love about pickleball, because just as you mentioned, the lady that you're teaching who basically had, you know, never done a sport. I've actually, I think many, all of us probably who have played any significant amount of time in pickleball have come across people like that. And we try and help them out as much as possible. But you as a really a physical educator who knows what you're doing. What are some of the challenges with people who are really don't have that background? Well, trying to build some of those fundamental skills that I think a lot of us take for granted. If I encounter people who really have zero experience with racket or paddle sports, I will take them kind of aside and we'll talk about how to grip a paddle, how to turn your shoulders and prepare your feet how to get how to get in that ready position to strike the ball. I mean, things that really uh, a lot of us take for granted that people just don't know if they've never if they've never had the experience. And it's interesting because as a physical educator, those are the kinds of things that I would be teaching to maybe a seven year old as opposed to a 70 year old. But it really, yeah, I think it really there are a lot of women, especially in their 70s who haven't had a whole lot of experience with that unless they sought it out uh, on their own. In terms of your academy, are you mostly focused on the newer players to the game or or are you also working with more advanced? It's a little bit of both. I offer, I offer sessions for newer players. We do usually do like a three or four week session where we talk more about the fundamentals of the game. But then I also do uh, drill sessions where anybody can come. My latest offering has been a class that I'm calling Strategies. 
And I've limited that to people who have had at least one year of playing experience so that they can kind of move to the next level. I'm finding that a lot of the newer players have been coming to drill sessions. So anyway, this, the strategies class that I'm offering to people who've been playing for at least a year who need a little more specific drills to get them to the next level. So I kind of have, I have a wide variety of, of offerings from the new player all the way up to people, people have been playing for a while. I have found that a lot of the, the players that have reached three, five and above, many of them aren't interested in drilling. They just want to play. So I have a tendency to focus on the newer and the lower level players. That's funny that you mentioned it. I, I was playing at the YMCA t- today and w- one of my friends, Dr. Jim, he caught me. He was, I was coming in and he was heading out and he's like, Lynn, you got to call me. We need to drill. He says, I'm, I'm finding that I'm not getting any better just by playing. And I said, great. Once the weather warms up, which will hopefully be next week, because I'm in Connecticut, we'll be outdoor on the court because it's too hard to get court time indoors to to practice. So I, I know where you're coming from on that one. Yeah, it's amazing to me. There's There are a handful of us that better players that will drill, but I, I just am fascinated by the fact that there's, we probably have, I don't know, in, in our area, probably 20 to 30 decent three, five to four or five players. And there's only a handful of us that, that regularly drill. Everybody else just kind of shows up and plays. And at I mean, I'm happy staying where I'm at as far as my level, but I'm kind of surprised that other people don't want to get better or at least maintain what they have. Cause you're not, you just kind of sit there stagnantly if you're not, if you're not drilling and really working on shots. We've been talking most of the podcast so far about really your teaching and you've given some, you know, great advice and and tips already in terms of your academy. But let's also focus a little bit on your local pickleball club and kind of what you went through with with that. Yeah. So when I started in 2014, there were a couple of older gentlemen. They were the ones who kind of brought pickleball to our area here in Wausau. And one of them, He's he's a pretty good organizer, but he was gone six months of the year. He would go and winter in Arizona. And so he would have some things organized for us in the summer, but then everything would just kind of fall apart in the winter. He was, however, really instrumental in having a conversation with and starting uh, the ball rolling on getting us some dedicated pickleball courts here at one of our local. We were lucky enough to have a civil engineer who was really into pickleball and he drew up plans for a nine court complex in our local park. And they took it to the park department here in Wasa. It's a combined effort between the city and the county. And they went to a bunch of different meetings and convinced them to give us these dedicated pickleball courts. Well, the city or the park department, I should say, built three and then said they ran out of money, but we should be happy with the three, which we were. 
I mean, you can't say no to three really beautiful dedicated pickleball courts. However, we would get 40 people showing up to play pickleball on three courts. So this was happening. Um, we, and we kept trying to get them to finish the project, which was ultimately for nine. And the park department just kept putting us further down on the priority list. So let's see, it was probably 2017, 2018. I finally decided I'd had enough of being told no, and that we were going to figure out how to make this happen because it was really frustrating to have that many people wanting to play and no place for them to go. So I, I organized a board and I established us as a 501c3. I taught to, we have a foundation here in Wausau called the Community Foundation, and they will oversee capital campaigns if they deem it worthy. And they did. So we got them on board to oversee our campaign. And we raised the money all by ourselves to finish the complex. And we installed the last six of the nine courts. And they were opened, oh, summer of 2020, actually, was when they finally opened them up. And we got all the fencing completed in 2021. And we've been playing on them for a couple of summers now. So it was it was a long, intense project, but we got what we needed. And we have nine really beautiful courts in the middle of our city. That is great to hear. And one thing I'm curious about is you basically fundraised for six courts what was involved in, in raising that money? Because that had to be some pretty a pretty significant. It was. I mean, we were fortunate because there were tennis courts down on that site to begin with. So everything had already been leveled, which if anybody knows anything about creating courts from the ground up, that's one of the most expensive pieces of it is making sure that you have someone to come in and make sure that your ground is graded to where it needs to be as far as water runoff and making sure that you're not slanted and crazy. So we were going over tennis courts. So that actually decreased the amount of money that we needed to raise at least by a little bit. I I don't even know. It was ridiculous. We started out by kind of forming a committee and everybody took a chunk of names of people that had played pickleball at one point or another in Wausau. And we started making phone calls and we wrote letters. And I, through the community foundation who oversaw our fund, they have something called the little black book. And it's all of the charitable organizations throughout the entire state who have ever given donations to anything So it's like this wonderful resource where you can find different nonprofit and charitable contributions for whatever. And they have cross categorized. So I was able to go and look at all of the different places that have donated money for sports and athletics and outdoor recreation. And I just started sending emails and letters and making phone calls and just asking for for money. And it worked out. I 
honestly couldn't believe how quickly we were able to raise the funds that we needed to raise. It was, I think from the time we started, we had we had hundred percent of the funds in four months. Nice. That is such an accomplishment. And I'm sure your dedicated courts are absolutely beautiful and well used. Are you going to be building any more anytime soon? Well, if that happens, it's not going to be me. Someone else is going to have to take over on that. I figure I, and I told everybody, cause I, I made myself president of the board and I said, I'm taking a three-year term. And when my three years is up, the courts hopefully will be done and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to resign. And that's exactly how it happened. I spent one year organizing and the next two years collecting funds and helping get the courts built. And at the end of my three years, I resigned and now the courts are done. So if someone else wants to put more in there, there's actually room to do so. We could probably have, well, I don't even know, we probably could have another nine in there, but it's not going to be me. All right. Then to finish up today, if somebody wants to reach out to you, maybe find out more about your teaching there in Wausau, or maybe want to pick your brain about uh, the fundraising and court construction, where can they? Well, on Facebook, we have, I think it's just a group, but Wausau Pickleball is our group on Facebook. You can find my, I think I let my website expire because I wasn't getting any action on it, but my Pickleball Academy is the Central Wisconsin Pickleball Academy. You can also find that on Facebook. Um, or you can email me directly. And my email is Drea Valson, so D R E A V A L S O N at yahoo.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Lynn. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 